Hi guys, welcome to the 20th episode of A Case for the FBI, Cross-Examining Reality. I'm Cassie. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to start off with one of our most favorite games in honor of the 20th episode. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it would be fun. I mean, 20 probably doesn't sound like a lot, but to me, it's crazy that like this is our 20th episode. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I feel I feel like it's a really important and fun accomplishment. So I just really wanted to acknowledge it and celebrate it. No, I agree. I feel the same way. I've been thinking about it for a while, just being like, God, I can't like this literally started guys like me and Kristen at a bar and like at at a happy hour function for my company that Kristen was so generous to attend. And one of the owners of my company being like, oh my gosh, I could listen to you guys talk all day. And I was like, well, maybe you should because- we're gonna start a podcast and here we are here we are 20 episodes later I know I can't believe it it really is crazy I know yeah in a good way for sure um okay so can do you want to explain briefly the the little game that we're gonna play today okay so Chris and Lee Steele introduced this game into my life the five plus years ago that I met her and it is Rosebud Thorne Shout out Aaron. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but shout Aww. out Aaron. <laughs> okay. Anywho. She's too busy fighting crime or something. Yeah, I'm probably like raising her child and you know, tending to her husband and all those adult things she does. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like a big time commitment. <laughs> but so essentially, you know, it is pretty much what it sounds like. So Rose, you know, something that you liked about the experience with the podcast bud something that you're looking forward to and then the thorn you know maybe a challenge or something that you weren't anticipating or you know even something that you hate we'll be yeah we'll be honest there's probably some things that we both hate yeah but anyway so I guess this actually this whole opening segment today is going to be confession corner yeah indeed it is we're confessing to you our rose bud and thorn of starting the podcast confession corner is open okay so confession with a k (laughs) yes (laughs) um so I guess do you want to start off with your rose and then I'll follow okay I think um probably the rose for me is um you know Kristen and I do live in Nova like it seems near each other, but like, we're kind of like 45 minutes away. So it's like hard for us to get together sometimes. And Mm -hmm. Kristen's about to move to Florida. So I feel like my rose is probably just like being able to stay in touch with Kristen. And, you know, we catch up before we talk on the podcast and, you know, this is like something that we've always bonded over and we've always loved talking about. So I would say probably like just the rose of all of this is just like, you know, being able to maintain and continue, you know, getting closer with Kristen as she is one of my best friends and I love her so very much. So that is the rose for me, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I definitely second all of that. And I feel like we both put so much energy and so much like time and work into this. And I'm so proud of our 
little 20 episode podcast um but like you said considering it just like came from an idea and now like I don't know I'm just so proud of like all of the things that we've done and it's only going to get better from here um but I would say my rose too would probably be like watching these shows that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise Mm -hmm. like there have been so many shows that you know like Real Housewives I'm not really that into it but because Cassie recommended it to me or uh, you know some of you guys listening are like you guys should talk about this it definitely broadens my scope of like all the different reality shows that are out there so I'm not just in my little 90 day fiance box (laughs) but instead like watching Leah Remini like I probably wouldn't have watched something like that before yeah so it's been really fun to like watch these new things and I feel like too what I love most about us is that (laughs) we're not (laughs) one of the many things that I love it's not just we're not just housewives we're not just true crime we're not Mm -hmm. just dating shows like it's literally whatever we want to do so I love that it's just open-ended and like we can talk about so many different things yeah you know I like this podcast will never get boring or redundant (laughs) that is for sure Because there's just always new things coming out and we are always looking for those new things that are just coming out to be like, oh my gosh, we should watch this. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. The diversity has been fun. Like I agree with you. I probably wouldn't have watched anything about Scientology. I kind of just left it at like, they're crazy. And like, I don't need to know more about it. Right. (laughs) Or even like some of the like real documentaries that we've watched, like the Abercrombie one. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever would have watched it and it didn't blow my mind away, obviously, but like, I don't know. It still was interesting. And like, you know, something that people wanted to hear us talk about. And so I watched it and I am glad that I got to do that. Yeah. And I think for us too, it's more than just like, okay, I'm going to sit down and like watch this, but actually like play on my phone and do whatever else. I feel like when I am watching these shows that we talk about, like mm-hmm. I am locked in. I have right. my little notebook where I'm like writing my thoughts down, being like, oh, like I want to ask Cassie about this. Like I really am like giving it my all just so like we both can come on here and actually give like our legit understanding and opinions on everything yeah and it is like something to kind of like look forward to like it's like okay I have at least one new show documentary movie whatever that I get to watch this week Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so I guess next we'll do thorn do you want to explain what the thorn is oh you already said so never mind so the thorn is something that we don't like didn't like, didn't realize it was going to be as challenging. For me, I would probably say it's like the social media slash promotion slash growing aspect of it. Um, And I think that kind of goes back to like maybe just us not being able to dedicate as much time as we would like to or need to, to do those things. Um, It's definitely a lot harder than I realized to come up with content to post on social media, um, figuring out ways to get more people to listen and figure out how to, you know, promote the podcast and what we talk about and get people to listen. And that was something that we were really excited about at first. And, you know, we're like, oh, like we're going to do this and that we're going to take these pictures and you know like life just gets in the way and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of work and it's a lot harder than I anticipated probably 
one of the things that I was going to was going to be my favorite part of doing this is probably my least favorite part of doing the podcast. Um, so definitely a newfound appreciation for podcasters and social media creators alike that like do that stuff on the regular because it's not as fun as it seems. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult to just like you said like think of content all the time and also like y'all keep in mind we are real people who have full-time jobs like this is just a passion side project for us Mm -hmm. at this point so it is hard like at the end of a long day when you're like oh like I should post this thing on Instagram to like you know get people engaged but it's it's hard I I wish we both had more time and energy to like put into it to really grow our social media um but at this point in time we don't I'm hoping when I move to Florida and don't have any friends that I will have more time (laughs) to do stuff like that just because it really like you know I feel like we just need to put time into it but we just can't yeah it's definitely more time consuming than I ever thought or anticipated so yeah yeah um so I guess my thorn would be I've I find that like a difficulty that we have is like scheduling a time to record Mm -hmm. and finding a time that works for us both and being able to you know put things out on time and everything Mm -hmm. it's hard just because we both have stuff going on and because we are watching these shows the week before Mm -hmm. so it's like we both need to have time to actually watch the thing and Mm -hmm. then like I said we need to play in time to because I mean this is like a you know a big chunk of time that we're talking to each other so it's like finding a time that works for both of us Mm -hmm. um but one thing that we really stuck to and Cassie I remember you saying this just when we were first talking about the podcast is that it's important to have a date and a time that your podcast is going to come out Mm -hmm. so it's like we are Wednesday at five o'clock Like, you know, anything before that, we will figure it out. But I am glad that we have that Wednesday at five o'clock. And also, too, y'all know exactly when it's going to come out. We're not just going to, like, drop episodes here and there whenever we feel like it. Right, exactly. And you just go check and be like, hmm, is there something new? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And so, also, apologies for last week. We did not have an episode last week. If you were expecting one on May, what day was that? May 26th. Life happened. I was out of town, driving back. It was just, it's tough. So things didn't work out, but here we are. And we humbly ask for your forgiveness. Yes. And not that I'm looking for sympathy for also why we didn't record, but um, this is also a plug to the um, (laughs) donation link that I just put in our bio on LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. Sorry. I'm in recruiter mode. <laughs> uh, anyway, on our Instagram, um, one of the reasons that I ended up not recording that week with Kristen, and thank you for being understanding, was because I did have a family friend um, pass away unexpectedly. She had epilepsy, and unfortunately, that was you know the reason she ended up passing away. Um, she was 23, and um, you know it just hit a little bit hard. So, um, but I have the link to donate in my bio um, at what is my bio? What, what is my Instagram name? I think you're Cassie Robs. Cassie underscore Robs. No, I don't even know my own Instagram name. This is embarrassing. Dude, life is yes. hard. Cass underscore Robs. Cass um, but I also put it, 
I put the link in our um, Instagram page if you want to donate. And um, her name's Campbell in Campbell's memory. Um, that was part of the reason why I didn't record last week and just kind of wanted to, you know, give her a moment here and, you know, in honor of our 20th. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all, please. I mean, even if you can't give monetary donations at this time too, I think also it, it, it would be important to find out more about epilepsy and things like that and how it can affect people. Um, so I didn't realize that you put it up there. So thank you for that. And I'll definitely share it on my page too. Um, yeah, life happens and sometimes, you know, passion projects like this, unfortunately, just like go to the wayside for a minute, go to the wayside. Okay. So now we're going to look towards our bud. So Cassie, what is your bud? Okay. I think my bud would have to be just I mean, honestly, I know this is, it's going to sound like so like cliche and so like basic, but like, I don't know, just seeing what, what else we accomplish. I mean, you know, a lot of people say that they want to start something like this and they just keep saying it and keep saying it and don't do it. So the fact that we started and are here on our 20th episode, I think really kind of speaks volumes to what, you know, we're even capable of and our follow through and the fact that we actually do give a shit about this podcast. And like, you know, we're not looking to like become like bar stool members or anything like that, whatever they're called. (laughs) But, um, you know, I would like, you know, to have more listeners and have more fans and, you know, get more recommendations and interact with like, you know, people more. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to just seeing what we're capable of and see what we have in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's basically my entire bud too. And I also feel like if I've just entertained, if we have just entertained or made one person laugh, then like I am fulfilled. Yeah. If like whenever any of my friends text me and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm listening to the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, like that, it, it is very meaningful that people mm-hmm. spend time with us and listen yeah. to what we have to say and are like, oh, what are you guys doing next week? I think you guys should do this. I think mm-hmm. you should do that. So yeah, also like I'm looking forward to growing outside of just our friend group and mm-hmm. like our family members and stuff like that because we are really freaking funny and talented individuals and it is not just I mean I feel like we could appeal to the masses for sure indeed, indeed. and if you don't find us funny that probably says more about you than it does us so mm, facts all facts <laughs> no printer <laughs> but also too like I said like it's we're never gonna get bored yeah we're never gonna run out of like this podcast will never run out because they they stopped making documentaries like that just will never happen unlike let's say maybe a relationship podcast or bachelor podcast like right they can get tired Mm -hmm. y'all like we are have barely scratched the surface exactly of, of what's out there yeah there are like shows we haven't touched probably shows we don't even know about that we could talk about like there's just so much yes I know honestly this literally just popped into my head but wouldn't it be funny if we watched like a true crime documentary or something from the 90s or 80s or something yeah like a really old one yeah and just like laughing and being like what or like 
an old school TLC documentary or something yes, like that. Yes, I feel like that would be because I'm just sitting here like, could they even really? I mean, I I realized they could. This is gonna. I'm not this dumb, guys. I promise. <laughs> but it's just like one of those things where, like, thinking about like the 80s and the 90s, I'm just like, what did they even have to solve a crime? Like, <laughs> they didn't even have letters. DNA. Like. Yeah. I'm just like, what were y'all doing? Running fingerprints and hoping for the best? Like, what if they weren't in the system? Just hoping that someone had a diary somewhere where they wrote down every single thing <laughs> they did every single day. They left their manifesto at the Starbucks on accident. I don't know. <laughs> like, and I imagine, too, in the 80s and the 90s, they just had so much to cover from all those abductions that happened in the 70s. Yes. We It has been well established on this podcast that the 1970s was the century of the abduction of the American girl. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how they, like, could you, could you imagine growing up in the era of like Manson, Ted Bundy, Night Stalker? Like I would 100% be dead at some point. I wouldn't have made it. I would not be alive. Like walking to school every day, riding a bike around, going to your friend's house, like absolutely zero cell phone zero anything and even with all that going on they were like "Mm, we don't lock our doors because we don't like to live that way I'm like ma'am I like to live like (laughs) I mean that's all I'm going for at this point so maybe we should lock our doors I only get one life and I'm gonna live it exactly and it's not gonna be with the night stalker in the Cecil motel okay Uh, even though I mean I feel like 1980s Los Angeles I mean that does sound pretty cool except for the whole like drugs and abduction Mm -hmm. that definitely is um, downer a little bit yeah it's definitely a con I put that in the con column that's a thorn (laughs) of LA (laughs) yes (laughs) um so yeah I'm glad we could like take a little bit of time to just reflect on our accomplishments and I'm sure when we hit our 50th episode it's gonna be even bigger I mean we will have learned double of what we've learned in our 20 episodes. I know. Um, just about being podcasters and trying to be funny, even though we don't need to try. It's effortless. <laughs> and hopefully podcasting girls. Right. <laughs> and hopefully our social media game will be stronger by then if we somehow invent a 25th hour in the day. Right. Um, that we can commit to instagram maybe we'll get an intern you don't have unpaid <gasps> intern where you at because we exactly. certainly are not paying i'm i'm just gonna put out there now there are no benefits no except you get to work with us so you get to work with us in resume builder yes it is it would be maybe we should hit up the jmu alumni association because you could be like i mean i don't want to say like a founding member but like you would be in on the ground level with us. I'm telling you those, as a alum of the communications school mm-hmm. at James Madison University, the Harvard of the South, if you will, I feel like some of those girls would actually be interested in something like that. I'm just saying. I mean, we need a social media guru girly. 
yeah. on our That's team. We got to get them youngins. They know more than us. To make those like cute little Instagram stories with like the cute little backgrounds. And I don't I even know still, how they do that. I, I don't know how they do it. Like where you make an Instagram story, but with like multiple pictures in it. It's, <laughs> I, I actually do know how to do that. Um, but it's the background changing for me because there's like, sometimes you can change the background just by going mm-hmm. to like the little color thing in the draw but then sometimes it goes over the picture and you know what honestly I don't have the patience to figure it out either no that's another issue no we're running low on patience so yeah if we could get a a spry young chicken exactly to to run at a case the number for the FBI come through yeah if you or someone you may know (laughs) is interested (laughs) please feel free to hit us up Send us a message. (laughs) So for this week's episode, we are going to be wrapping up the circle season four, the finale. So that would be episodes nine through 12 and episode 13, which is I use reunion and finale interchangeably because it is a reunion while also the finale. Right. You know, you know, you know. Um, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> so obviously, if you didn't already know this, we are going to be talking about who wins, et cetera. And if you don't know yet who wins, then obviously don't listen to this. But if you have, we will be taking a deep dive into the final installation of The Circle Season 4. So... Where we left off in episode eight, um, Brew was trying to decide, or was it Brew? Yeah, it was Brew. Whether to send home Carol or Alyssa. Well, immediately at the beginning of season nine, we see that he chooses to send Alyssa home. Mm -hmm. I, at this point, the honeymoon phase with Alyssa was over for me. Yeah, I agree. I was like, she was like she was like a hot flash like she was cool for a minute and then I was just like oh like I'm not really about it I know and like I mean I immediately knew like even I think I might have even said it on the last episode that we talked about I knew he he was gonna pick Carol like I I knew Alyssa was going home yeah um even though they all knew Carol was gonna have fish I know oh my gosh but like also though like I kind of was like so annoyed with how upset people were getting at like you Ling for not saving her or for like someone else not saving her I'm like okay that just speaks to the fact that she wasn't building genuine real relationships with anybody and that's kind of what we saw like I feel like at first we were like oh she's cool like you know she's like kind of you know making friends whatever but it almost felt like she like made that one alliance in like five minutes with you Ling and Brew and then just relied on that for the rest of this the show yeah like, I don't really remember her making friends with anybody else or. Yeah, or like really doing anything extraordinarily kind right. or impressive, except for being. Or sharing a anything sex that coach. makes you like, oh, Alyssa. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I was happy to see her go, even though it's like, oh my gosh, like Carol is still here. Because at this point, I am annoyed. That everyone knows that Carol is a catfish. We obviously know that she's a catfish. And still, there have been several instances to send her home. And it hasn't happened. 
Right. Um, but you mentioned Yu Ling. And so after Brew decides to send Alyssa home, he goes and meets her face to face. And they discuss basically their sentiments that they are sus of Yu Ling mm-hmm. because of everything happened with the whole like domino blocking. Like you said that she, you know, didn't save who I guess she saved Alyssa Rachel. Or Brew. Yeah. In the way that they were talking, it kind of made me sus. Did it about you, Ling? Yeah, I'm. It. I don't know. Just the, it painted her in a different light. Where I was like, hmm. And then that sentiment carried with me for the rest of the show. Where like, yeah, you're cool, but it's still just like it. Like she did just seem kind of fake to me. See, the way that I kind of saw it was more so like. I honestly only remember the three of them talking one, maybe two times. Like, I really don't remember this alliance being, like, a repetitive or, like, very much highlighted thing. With Frank and, and Rachel? No, with, um... Brew. With, uh, Brew, Alyssa, and Yuling. Yes. Like, I mean, I really... The thruple. They're like, the thruple. And I'm like, I'm like, never. I remember y'all talking once. Like, literally once creating this alliance. And, like, that was it. Mm-hmm. So the way that I kind of, like, saw it or thought about it was kind of... Even before Yuling said it, I kind of felt the same way. Was, like, she was like, okay, like, Alyssa has more alliances than, like, Rachel, who I just made this alliance with with someone that I've had an alliance with the whole time. And so she felt like she had to protect Rachel and was like, someone will surely save Alyssa. And so, I mean, I can understand why, like, you know, people would probably be like, oh, now that is suspicious. But I mean, that's how I thought of it too. Like she, I saw her and Frank hitting it off from the beginning. Right. And then once Rachel came on and him and Rachel hit it off, the three of them came together and like, they were just, in it for the long haul so I kind of didn't really honestly like I didn't even think about it when they were doing the blocking I totally forgot the three of them were even in an alliance together Mm -hmm. um so I really didn't think it was I I felt like they were putting a lot more weight on it um than than I would have anticipated yeah yeah also in this episode uh we get in an interesting circumstance where Miss Yu Ling and Nathan are um, sending suggestive messages to oh, one another through the circle. I didn't even know that was possible. And that kind of also like because Yu Ling she she did that as a strategy, which I don't know. It's just interesting that she took it to that level to the point of like I'm in bed yes. with my bra and underwear and just waiting for you like that is too far I understand that like everyone in the circle flirts with one another but like this is to send him like special pictures from your album and obviously she thinks she's talking to Nathan but we know that she's talking to cringe Alex I know who like honestly like I can't believe he's straight (laughs) I mean I could kind of see that for sure. I definitely think it was interesting that he chose to play Nathan. Like, I feel like, I don't know, that was just interesting. I feel like he could have chosen, like, a, if he's going to catfish, like, he could have chosen, like, a more interesting, better and character. That's what I'm saying. He's like, oh, yeah, everybody will love a 22-year-old frat bro. I'm like, have you ever watched the show? 
no one loves because a 22 no, year old. Yeah, exactly. Except for literally, himself. Literally no one likes that, but okay. <laughs> Um, so that was interesting. And then, of course, it becomes the elephant in the room for the rest of the season because it's like, ooh, Euling and Frank were, or Frank, Euling and Nathan were, <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Um, we're sexting and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, like they meet each other at the very end and everyone is just making fun of Euling for sexting Nathan. But, like, girl, what were you thinking? I know. Like, it just, it could have, like, literally, you don't have no idea who that is no idea no um so at the end of this episode we get frank and yuling as influencers to decide who to block mm-hmm. so <laughs> it was at this point when i got an idea of a twist mm-hmm. for a future season of the circle would you like to hear my twist i would love to hear it actually this is just me being messy like it's not okay. even really a twist it's just me being messy okay. i feel like they should have it where the two the two influencers when they're like chatting back and forth on who to block Uh they should let everyone else in the circle be able to view the chat what they're saying yes oh my god that would ruin lives wouldn't that be messy and oh i don't know I, i i feel like you should tell the influencers i don't know though i feel like it would be so messy but just that they could just watch the chat yeah you know to see what's being said and you know like you know when you link early in the season she talks about like oh I tried to save you like we would have the receipts of like exactly. what actually went down in the blocking conversation right right oh, and wow. whoever almost got blocked could be like oh shit like I, I literally I was on the choppy block yes and like not trying to like jump ahead but um when they did like have the secret influencer or whatever and like frank mm-hmm. was the secret influencer shocking that man i i think he has a record for most times being voted number one like it's insane yeah was he never not influencer i maybe once or twice on the show like literally yeah. insane but um but but like no one knew who the influencer was and the influencer got to block someone i enjoyed that twist yeah i will stand by it. my favorite circle twist thus far has been the joker oh, twist. Right. you remember that so the joker i guess it was someone i guess it was whoever was voted uh your top influencer and it was when new people were introduced to the circle and the joker could talk to the the new people and basically tell them like this person's cool this person sucks right you know so on yes before they even talk to anyone else right and there was something else that they did kind of similar one season where it was like I don't remember exactly who it was I remember it was a guy and Mm -hmm. he was playing his profile and someone else's profile yes I was waiting for that to happen the whole like redemption yeah story where it would be like you know you either get blocked and get a new profile or you get blocked and you get to work with someone else on mm-hmm. their profile I guess they felt like the Spice Girls was enough this season <laughs> yeah, they were like we blew our, our budget on <laughs> yeah exactly trying to get them to show up and then also having to give these people fifty thousand dollars more yeah exactly yeah um, so that was just a fun little twist. Netflix, if you're listening, run me my money because that was my idea. Yeah, TM, we've already got a patent pending. <laughs> it's my intellectual property. Exactly. Um, so then Frank and Yuling are influencers and they are down to Carol and 
Everson. Right, because they had to pick two people to save. Yeah, yes, they each saved two people. So then la- that left Carol and Everson to be unsaved. Ultimately, Mama Carol hits the dusty trail. Yes, but Goodbye, they hit us with another twist. They had the two of them meet in a room together to watch. Oh, that's the right. That's right. And so I was com- like, I was confused how that was going to work with Carol being a catfish. But I was like, I guess if Carol goes home, obviously, which he did, he then yeah. like showed that he was a catfish. Right. But like Everson would know. Yeah, and that wasn't if he would have left though. He could. It's like I don't know. Like if they say to you when you're leaving, like your video, they're like you can allude to things, but you can't straight up say things because I yeah. feel like there has to be some kind of something like that because you know, especially like if I was like Parker when Paul got voted off and I found out about Carol, honey, let me tell you, the first thing I would do is say, "Mama Carol is a catfish. It is her son." <laughs> right I mean, like y'all voted me off for playing my dad will vote her him off for playing his mom and whether or not they want to believe you is totally up to them exactly you know i mean they should it was the truth so they should believe you yeah but um, there's gotta be like some stipulations or something they give you before you yeah i will say that i the everson carol twist was interesting with them being together but it was also kind of shitty because everson did something that i could never do which is when carol found out that he was going home everson was like oh man like i'm so sorry like that really sucks you know he was really like feeling for carol and then they show ever everson he's like skipping down the hallway yelling back to his apartment he's so excited that he got saved so i just like couldn't keep my composure like in front of the person who's going home you gotta be like oh yeah right exactly. sorry i guess people like me more than you oh sorry especially when everson was new like it was his first blocking okay that's actually something i was gonna say about this season in general is i felt like the new people made it a lot for like I, a lot more new people made it to the finale than normal i felt like i i thought that way too yeah because i mean we just had you Ling and frank yeah we're the only two ogs right yeah because then it was everson amani and rachel yeah yep yeah that's a really good point yeah because usually it's like the ogs just ride through to the end and they just first five people that started like it almost always that yeah so i don't know if they just they decided to like keep certain people for you know they knew like rachel who's going to be a really interesting character like they saved her for later they saved amani and everson for last yeah i feel like rachel was a real surprise for me though because i think we both kind of agreed in the beginning we were like "Mm," like I'm not really sure, but like once she warmed up and like, I felt like she really did need to feel like she had people on her side. And then she was like, okay, now that I feel like I have at least one confidant or one person, like I can really be myself and open up and like do whatever I like want to do or need to do. And when she did that, I loved her so much. I loved her and you Ling and Frank's like alliance. I loved the three of them together. I loved like how they truly were loyal to each other. Like I just, she, she was a surprising one for me. I really did end up liking her by the end. Yeah. And she kept it real and you could just see that like, she was just having like a genuine good time and was just like a genuinely nice person. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I was like pleasantly surprised that she made it all the way to the finale. And then I kind of felt the same about Imani. Like 
I honestly, I couldn't give a rat's ass about Everson. I think he kind of lucked <laughs> into making it into the finale, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Um, just because he kind of came in at almost like a, I know it's so silly to say, but like, I almost want to say like a tumultuous time because like people were ready to get rid of fucking Carol. Yeah. Like yeah. people were tired, sick and tired of her. So yeah. like really he lucked into it almost. Like there were people that that, that others needed to go for them to succeed and so he kind of lucked into it but I felt like Amani slash uh Trevor Trevor yes I feel like he actually did because I mean he got sorry spoiler he got second place yeah the last people that came in like that is insane to me yes and he did a really good job like they had no idea he was a catfish he did it so well and I felt like even when he was playing the character like he still was so genuine. Like it was almost like he was saying it just as a girl. Right. I mean, it was even from the get-go. Everybody went to the Togo party. Mm-hmm. Amani's Togo party. Two people went to, went to Everson's. I would have been party. the third. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. I definitely thought he definitely was a funny and interesting character. I liked it when he he did the little circle cruise that oh, one day yeah. and they like played the little games. I did think that was fun. But it was a lot of personality. And his gums <laughs> and the baby teeth. Sorry. Well, I mean the the game is partially on looks, I would say. You yeah. know, because it's like hate to kick a man when he's down, but <laughs> you got ugly gums and baby teeth. Yeah, them things is tiny. So moving on to episode eleven, the tea gets absolutely third degree burn scalding mm. with the portrait mode. Oh challenge. my gosh, yes. Where the portrait mode challenge, everyone was assigned another player that they had to paint a portrait of. And we got some people being nice, like, oh, here's a cute little picture. Uh, here's here's Strawberry Brew. mama. Yeah. And then who? it was Frank Euling, Rachel, and Nathan, who had more nasty portraits right. painted of them. So if you were in this challenge, would you go the nice route? Or would you go sour route or sweet route? I mean, I do think it would probably depend upon who I had. But honestly, I remember thinking, and we all know how much I love Frank. So, like, I stand Frank and will to the day I die. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I thought, I remember thinking that is so genius. Because even in the last episode, y'all, I was telling you, like, if if somebody wants to win, they got to get Frank out. Yes. Like, we all like him. Nobody wants to see him go, but you, you have to. Yeah. So I remember Alex slash Nathan had Frank and mm-hmm. he drew him as a snake. And called him like hashtag Mr. Nice Guy and was implying that he was actually lying and like a snake and all these things. And I remember thinking that was genius because honestly, like with this game, like people, yeah, they'll think like, oh, like this is my experience. But then it's like, oh, but what if someone has had a conversation with somebody else about something that I don't know? Right. So especially with someone like Frank, where like literally there is not one bad thing that anybody could say about this dude. Right. So it's like, as soon as you see one person doing that, even if it is anonymously, you're just kind of like, huh, 
like that doubt is put in the back of your mind yeah like was is he is this all just a front like mm-hmm. what is going on it was at this point when nathan he must have woken up one morning with like a super brain a hundred percent he did that with frank's uh portrait mm-hmm. and if you recall what we talked about last episode with asking Alyssa about the picture of her in italy right. Yeah, being like, you told me you never went to Europe. Genius. And then it was also in this episode when Nathan is talking to Brew. And again, he, wait, no, he's talking to Frank and threw Brew under the bus by saying that Brew was talking shit about About Frank to Nathan. Mm -hmm. All complete falsehoods. Right, it sounds like someone else is a snake in the grass if you ask me. It's like snake in the grass, but I like I just remember thinking if you fly too close to the sun, you're going to get burnt. Like, yeah. I feel like it, he was just getting like too, too big with the planes. And then, so that brings us into episode 12, where I was just like, he's being too strategic. All of this is just going to catch up because you're not really being who you are. Exactly. Right. So Like all of this is going to catch up with you and it's going to bite you in the butt. Hmm. yeah I mean I agree it's like there's like a there's a time and a place for strategy I thought the two anonymous things were good points for him to do that but I just feel like kind of like what you were saying like there's a point where you've got to like stop thinking that way um because then it gets to a point where it's like there's too many lies to keep up with or like you know, remembering like, oh, like, did I tell this per? I don't know. It's like right. when you get too strategic, it just becomes easier to get caught. And like, right. honestly, as we have seen time and time again, it really is the person who builds the best relationships that ends up winning. Because at the end of the day, once it comes down to the finale, people are ranking with their heart and like who they care the most about like throughout the show yeah there are people who you know there were plenty of times where we saw people ranking Yuling and Frank lower because they knew that they most people would be ranking them higher right but once it gets down to that last ranking whoever has the best connections with the most people is gonna win yeah yeah and whoever feels whoever they feel deserves the exactly, money exactly yes the most exactly that's what it always comes down to it's never like I think that playing strategic in the first half of the show is important to really get a good core group of people mm-hmm. but there definitely comes a time where you've got to like throw strategy out the window and just like build those connections and make people trust you and like you yeah for sure and especially like talking about Nathan he also was a catfish so he also had to keep all of those lies about Nathan straight too yeah right Um, and especially when like Brew tried to catch him when he asked the question the golf question oh my gosh I was really hoping he was gonna catch him too I know he would have been dead in the water if he got it wrong that would have been over for him um so in episode 12 it comes down to nathan and brew um and brew goes home first mm-hmm. what we didn't know at that time was that it was going to be a double blocking so that is the instance where we had the super secret influencer right wait no was it yeah so brew goes home 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have the the double blocking, and then we have well, this because thing. didn't Brew go home? No one voted him to go home, right? He just like was in last. Oh, I think I think that's what happened. He was just in last place. Okay, and then because we. That ha- was like if they would have named the influencers, then you wouldn't have been able to be a secret influencer. Yeah. Yeah, so so then Frank is the super secret influencer. Mm-hmm. And he has to choose between Everson and Nathan. And he chooses Nathan. So just when Nathan is riding high and he's like, yes, all of my lies about Brew paid off. Brew has gone home. Life is great. 20 minutes later, you're finished. Bye. Pack your bags, Nathan. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then it was at this point that we have our five finalists were you happy with the five finalists would you I was have, okay would you have liked to see anyone else in there who wasn't honestly no I mean I can't remember anyone being blocked or sent home other than the Spice Girls of course right, um but I was like oh I'm sad to see them leave like honestly I would say like you like Frankie Ling and Rachel were probably my top three um I, I, like like I said earlier, I think uh, Everson being in there was like a fluke. I don't yeah. really think he deserved to be there. They just anything, needed like but... a fifth body. Yeah, exactly. I do think Amani deserved to be there, but him being there, I was just kind of like lucky duck. But also, he he never really did anything too like contentious or controversial to like really piss people off. So yeah. he just kind of like middled his way. Well, and I mean, honestly, the fact that he wasn't he like the first one voted off in the rankings like that really just speaks to like that he was lucky to yeah he was fifth and we were like okay yeah I mean yeah I was like okay finally get out of here with your baby teeth (laughs) um so he's fifth and then I think we have Rachel fourth yep Yuling third which was that one I was I was honestly shocked I thought it was gonna be Imani I really did yeah, and the top two was going to be Yuling and, and Frank. Yeah, uh-huh. and which, by the way, go back check the tape. We said that first episode. Sorry. Sure did. We said it. We saw it from a mile away. Sure did. Um, and then dun dun uh, Frank is the winner. Oh my! The God, most I deserving. Cried. Like I, I, tears there was literally filled my eyes. There was no question in my mind that he like that he was ever going to not win. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. And when he like like shared that story with Brew about like how he lost his parents at such a young age and like grew up without parents, like ugh, it just like broke my heart, but also it was just like you would never know that Frank mm-hmm. had been through. I mean, you wouldn't know that man have ever experienced a paper cut. Yes, like, exactly. I mean, so positive so bubbly so upbeat so genuine mm-hmm. like everything positive you could ever think in a person is literally sweet baby angel frank yeah um and so like hearing him talk about that it was just like wow like i think it's just like kind of eye-opening some like to to like you know they usually say like almost in a negative connotation like don't judge a book by its cover because you might think someone is weird or you know is mean or whatever but you don't know what they're going through but also sometimes like yeah people may seem bubbly and happy and always like everything is good but you know they've been through things too and they probably have tough days too Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, he, and he always like had a smile on his face every single time the camera cut to him. I was laughing just because you yeah. would say just the funniest, goofiest things. And it, I mean, there definitely is just something to be said for that for someone who has just been through so much to, to just keep at it and keep laughing and keep a smile on your face and like, mm-hmm. keep just like bringing happiness to people's lives. Like, that's crazy. Like there, he obviously was the most deserving out of any of them. Yeah, yeah. I was going to be very pissed if Amani won because then it was like, okay, you and your wife both won the show. I know, right? Oh, but when you th- like, they didn't know. Obviously, yeah. like, none of the players knew. But there was no way that they could have given it to Trevor and been like, "Sorry, Frank." <laughs> Right, like I know his wife already won a hundred thousand, but oh my gosh, he killed me when they were in the room, like sitting around the table or whatever. And um, I guess maybe maybe Everson hadn't come in yet or something. Uh-huh. I think Everson was last. But anyway, it was like oh my god, they made a joke that Everson was gonna be his wife coming in and he was like who's watching my kids and frank goes we know you can afford a babysitter (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true um so yeah i mean i feel like you know honestly the season didn't really have me on edge ever because i knew what was going to happen we knew from the Mm -hmm. first episode we knew that frank was going to win that didn't make it any less satisfying to actually see him win right um but there wasn't like that moment of like oh like i don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to come out of the last second i'm like obviously right and that little like outgoing message that michelle buteau said to frank at the end was real cute Mm -hmm. it was It was very touching, but now I'm sad that it's over. I know, right? I'm just like, <laughs> oh, honestly, I feel like, you know, um, depending on where my mental health is this weekend, I might actually go back and watch like the first season. Ooh, that would be fun. Right? I feel like seeing where it started and like knowing where it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Especially like these people going in like being the first ones like they don't how did they strategize how did they make allies like right exactly because they had no because like at least for like these people like they've seen the show so they have like people to play off of like they know you know kind of what they've seen work and what they've seen not work I feel like I remember who the first circle winner was but I want to I definitely remember do you want me to tell you it was Joey Joey oh my god I loved him yes he was the best he which that was another one though where you were like I'm mean, he's literally a white straight version of Frank exactly yeah and of course he was an OG he was one of the first ones in the yep. circle like mm-hmm. it comes as no surprise yeah. but oh my gosh I just remember him being such a little like softy sweetie pie yeah I remember loving that season and I don't know like I remember watching season two and being like I don't like it as much as season one I don't know if that's just because like it was the first time I'd watched the circle. So I just like really held like those people. I will a say little bit more dear. season three. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to top it. I mean, I thought this season was good. Like I, I liked Frank and you Ling and Rachel and like the people on the cast more than I liked a lot of the people from season three, but season three, like the, just the twists and turns that they had, Twist unmatchable. The like, like season five, they've really got to bring some of that back. 
Mm-hmm. Like they definitely had a better cast this season. I can say that with a hundred percent certainty, yeah. but just the twists and turns, like I understand the Spice Girls was a really big twist. So that probably, you know, saved us from a few more twists and turns. I know, um, but we would rather have other twisty shit going on. That's what I'm saying. If they can combine the cast picking of season four mm-hmm. and the craziness of season three, season five will be the best one yet. They're really going to hit their stride. I agree. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they do. Alrighty. Cool. Well, I'm so glad that we watched it. I already miss it. I cannot wait for season five. Me too. Please come soon. Apparently they're making another season of Love is Blind already. So I'm hoping that they're like, cranking these shows out real quick these days well especially because uh you know unfortunately netflix is not doing so hot so yes netflix you need a baby yeah right bring me more i'm sitting here like you know on netflix when it like starts showing you like movies or tvs you should watch like just going across your screen or whatever mm. i've seen like usually like i could just see it out of the corner of my eye and i'll be like that's not what i've seen before and i'm like oh you added another movie i'm over here like "Hmm, these are all things i need to see now right gotta keep us coming back netflix but yeah netflix just laid off a lot of their um workers oh gosh something that i learned as a recruiter recruiting the recruiters out of netflix that got laid off they actually pay in the top one percent wow there are people who are recruiters there for one two years making over 200k (gasps) oh Oh my gosh, that's just, so I'm dumb just like, um, no wonder one, no wonder you guys got laid off. Two, good luck finding a job that's going to pay you that much again mm-hmm. with only you know one to two years experience in that specific field. Exactly. I'm like, honey, I was making 29k my first year as a recruiter. Okay, so humble yourselves. Yes, wow, Jeez. that's insane. Like, Kristen, like coordinators, like literally people that are just like coordinating interviews, setting up interviews, making 110K. Yeah, no wonder they had to lay off a bunch of people. That's what I'm saying. Holy crap. Like, you guys are like, I mean, I feel like thinking strategically where they were coming from, they were probably like, okay, well, if we pay the best, no one is ever going to leave. Yeah. But they didn't think like, oh, if we start to do not what if well. This well runs dry. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. sorry to give you that little crash course in recruiting, but oh, I loved it. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Recruiting 101. Exactly. The basics, if you will. So segueing into what we're going to talk about next week is another Netflix documentary that has been recommended to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has kind of been on our radar for a few weeks. I definitely remember we we talked about it before this documentary came out, mm-hmm. um, but it was finally officially released within the last like month or so, I want to say. Um, but because we've been busy with the circle, we will now be watching this one. And I'm very excited um, to see what it has to offer us. Yes, it very is. Excited. It's definitely different than anything else that we've talked about. Um, I love that. It, it'll be interesting to kind of dive into the motives okay okay cassie has seen it already i have not so i have some catching up to do um so also if you're like me you got one week to watch it should we say what it is 
you know what it honestly literally just popped up on my Netflix queue so like I feel like it's like a sign that we should say it okay we will be watching our father for next week on Netflix so according to the slide that just popped up on my Netflix on the TV behind Kristen's head on the computer it's number eight in movies right now so it's a hot commodity yeah it's a hot commodity so I'm sure a bunch of y'all have already watched it but if you have not you're like me make it your homework within the next week (laughs) to watch it for episode 21 so this has been episode 20 thank you all as always for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode today we hope you guys enjoyed the season of the circle too um let us know what you what you're thinking if you are actually like team i hate frank which if you are like unfollow us like don't listen to this podcast ever again um (laughs) but if you want to share your thoughts with us we are on instagram we are at a case the number four the fbi or if you want to shoot us an email we are a case the number four the fbi at gmail.com so let us know or just any general feedback what your rose button thorn is for the podcast shoot it our way love it all right guys well we hope you enjoyed and we will talk to you next week for our father bye bye